Today's show is brought to you by the best-selling book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide, full-spectrum treatments to optimize your dog's life quality and longevity. It's available everywhere books are sold, in both paperback and digital editions, and on the publisher's website at dogcancerbook.com. Use coupon code PODCAST on that website to get 10% off the Dog Cancer Survival Guide today. Because cardiac disease is extremely common and mesothelioma is extremely rare, well, that leads to difficulty fighting mesothelioma because you don't look for it. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Here's your host, James Jacobson. Welcome, friend. Today, we are going to hear from a listener who is a dog with a rare type of cancer. It took a while to diagnose, and this listener is wondering, why was it so hard to figure out what was going on with my dog? To answer this listener question, we're turning once again to Dr. Damien Dressler. He is the co-author of the Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Dr. Dressler, welcome back to the show. Pleasure being here. This question comes from Renee in Brooklyn, New York. This is Renee Holmes calling from Brooklyn, New York. My dog, who is a poodle mix, a poodle and Bichon mix, he's 11 years old. He was recently diagnosed with mesothelioma back here this December. Three years prior, he started having issues with his belly filling up with a fluid. And at that time, they thought it was a heart tumor. And this was happening like every three months. He would get his heart tapped and stomach drains every three months. But then it became more frequent. One time, I believe that one of the vets that he had to go to for an emergency day, she said she might have got some fluid in his lung or damaged his lung. Well, after that, he kept having fluid in his lungs and it kept happening more rapidly, like every week or every two weeks. So now he had a pericardium surgery in December. And after the surgery, they said that will relax the stress on his heart and that should resolve the issue. But a week later, it came back. They did a biopsy on this tissue that they took from his heart, and the first two times, they said it was no cancer. When he came back again for oh, two weeks later after the operation, they tested the tissue again, and this time they said it was mesothelioma. So my question is, how hard is mesothelioma to diagnose? And what are some symptoms that your pet has mesothelioma because that's from an environmental carcinogen. So my question is how difficult is it to diagnose mesothelioma and what is the standard treatment and other treatments that we should give him to help him beat this cancer? Dr. Dressler, mesothelioma. Yeah, sorry to hear about this. It's a, it's a really rare cancer. That's the first thing to understand. And that's probably why you had a delay in the diagnosis because cardiac disease causing fluid effusions is 100 times more common. And so that's a problem. Say when you've got cardiac disease and when you've got, say, a leaky valve as an example, which you didn't mention your dog had, but I'm assuming that there's some pre-existing cardiac disease going on. When the cardiac disease is present and it is capable of giving you the very signs that you're seeing that a second disease can cause, that presents a real diagnostic problem. So it's sort of like, well, my dog has heart disease and now there's fluid in the chest and in the abdomen. Well, yeah, that's what heart disease does. 
can I cure it? Uh, not without a valve transplant or a heart transplant. Well, that's not happening. Okay, then you're stuck with it. So that's usually how that thing unwinds. Mm-hmm. Now, it would only be after a very long period of time where we'd say like, gee, maybe this is not responding well to our usual treatments for pre-existing cardiac disease. Then in that case, you'd start digging further. And so it's not so much that mesothelioma is hard to diagnose per se. It's that you need to have it in front of your mind as a clinician in the beginning of the process. And when you come up with a different diagnosis that's way, 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 way more common, Mm -hmm. it requires a really long period of time, usually for the veterinarian or the doctor or the oncologist or whoever, to start to question the assumption. So you can diagnose mesothelioma. You go get a CT scan and or an ultrasound guided aspirate, or you tap the belly and you spin it down and you send it to a pathologist and they'll see mesothelioma cells in there. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that the diagnosis is hard. It's that when it is mimicking something else that is not an easy fix, that particular pattern of events leads to delayed diagnosis because one is in the mindset of a different disease that's hard to address. And the fact that it's not going away when you're addressing it, it just strengthens the first diagnosis. It's sort of like the idea you hear galloping and you you know think horses, not zebras. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to go work up mesothelioma from the beginning, then you would find it. But because cardiac disease is extremely common and mesothelioma is extremely rare, well, that leads to difficulty finding mesothelioma because you don't look for it. And Renee says this is probably from environmental contaminants, which is how you get it, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a confusing one. You know, not very many people are living in an asbestos-laden environment anymore. You know, that was from the 50s and 60s. And the public health legislation around there and the lawsuits around there have made the asbestos carcinogen, which was the primary culprit for mesothelioma, much less. But nonetheless, you know, on the East Coast, by the way, if you want to go check out, educate yourself a little bit on what are the surrounding environmental toxins, there's a website, I think it's epa.gov. I can't remember the exact one, but it's it's an epa.gov website. Look for EPA Superfund site map. So we'll put a link in the show notes for that. So what do you think in terms of the standard treatments for this type of cancer that it is so rare? They're pretty dismal. You cut it out. You can infuse the body cavities with platinum compounds. You do platinum chemotherapy. You could do palladia, but they're all lousy, you know, truthfully. So in this particular case, I would probably be reaching for a lot of other things, you know, and I would probably be putting this dog on on the usual, which are, you know, apocaps, canine immunity, modified citrus pectin. I'd probably also be putting an oral neoplasin. I'd be adding oral mirtazapine. I'd be adding low-dose palladia at about 25% of the labeled dose. And I would probably do low-dose naltrexone and then continue the taps as needed with monitoring of the blood work. So that would be my plan with this dog. But that's a pretty, you know, complicated treatment regimen and, you know, it's a toughie. So the expectation would have to be there that like, I'm not promising a cure, not at all. I'm not familiar with the case, but typically these guys, you know, they don't do well over years. That's untruthfully optimistic. It's usually less than that. But I got to know more about the case to give you more specifics. Dr. Dressler, thank you so much. Thank you. And now, a message from your dog. 
Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pop. The green, glassy beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. <laughs> it infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, <laughs> I can feel it. Ever pop traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pop you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damien Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. 
Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And thank you to Renee for calling in with today's question. Now, if you have a question for a veterinarian who specializes in cancer, please call in and ask your question on our listener line. The phone number is 808-868-3200, and that number is in the U.S., so if you are listening from abroad, and we know we have a number of international listeners, please dial the U.S. country code and then the phone number 808-868-3200. Or you can visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com. Well, that's it for today's show, friends. Please check the show notes for links to today's sponsor, the Dog Cancer Survival Guide at dogcancerbook.com. And you can also sign up for our free email newsletter at dogcancernews.com and get the support that you need for free on our incredible private support group. It's a Facebook group, and that URL is dogcancersupport.com. All the links are in today's show notes. I'm James Jacobson. Thank you for listening today. And from all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.